It's another Sunday night in comedy. And as we wind down from JFL fever, we are back home in the six with three crowd killers dropping all new albums on the Cottage Comedy label and an all new solo show taking the stage right here in Toronto. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide on the Global News Radio Network and brought to you as ever by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you line up for festival tickets more clearly since 1967. How about that? That kind of makes sense. Not really. We're, of course, winding down from JFL fever. All of July was all things just for laughs. 40th anniversary of the world's biggest comedy fest. It just wrapped up in Montreal. So tonight we're sort of recapping a bit, but we are back here in Toronto, here in the six. We've got three headlining comics, all with new albums dropping on the independent Cottage Comedy label. And a little later on, a new solo one artist show taking over the stage right here in Toronto. We have on the line our very tired, possibly still hungover producer, Vince Tedesco. He, of course, uh, took the took the lead for us in Montreal this year. He went on behalf of Inside Jokes and hit the streets and grabbed some interviews and checked out some shows. Vince, how was Montreal and uh, how are you feeling? I feel like you're going to fall asleep on the Zoom tonight. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> don't send me back there, please. It's you do or don't. It's, it is it, great. It is, it is a great time, a week in Montreal. Um, festival was obviously amazing, their 40th anniversary. Got a lot of great interviews that we will do a JFL recap show soon enough. But uh, yeah, it's always good to talk shop with some of the best working in the industry, seeing some of the best comics performing in the industry, seeing such iconic shows like the Nasty Show, Just for the Culture, New Faces. Uh, a lot of great Canadian talent represented, and of course, a lot of big name American stars that come up and take over the stage. And the one thing I kind of fell in love with this year were the midnight surprise shows. You pop yes. in midnight, and you never know who's going to roll in. Jimmy Carr hosted one time, could be Jay Farrell, could be Ronnie Chang, could be anyone working the circuit. Just see who pops up on the midnight surprise show. But yeah, great time in Montreal. Stay tuned for all the interviews coming up soon. That's the thing. We got some good stuff in the can again this year that we'll sort of uh, roll into a best of later on. And we'll play some clips and interviews as we wind down the seventh season here when we head into the fall. Uh, But it is, yeah, on this show, it's always sort of such a huge lead up to the festival, especially this year, because it was properly back after the last couple of years. So it is kind of nice to just unwind now, decompress and kick it back home here in Toronto. We've got some Toronto comics we want to talk to. We've got new albums, new shows, new projects, lots going on post-fest. We're going to get into it. we got a full lineup tonight. It's from the cottage to the stage right here on Inside Joe. I was raised from the rubble. My neck is body double. Pull up a in the bubble like a bridge is over trouble. See, I'll be praising the Lord. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, streaming everywhere where there's the internet on Global News Online. Uh, We are back from the fest, back in Toronto, and we're talking comedy albums right now. we got three new albums all dropped on the independent Cottage Comedy label, which... You know, a lot of a lot of this past year, we've been talking about 604 records and comedy here off and out in Vancouver. This has been pumping out all these Juno nominated albums. And it's just been a comedy album factory out there. 
Here in Toronto, though, we've had, I mean, Comedy Records kind of kicked it off years ago, but lately, Cottage Comedy has been pumping out some hit makers, uh, Howl and Roar. That we've seen all these independent labels coming out and just comics putting this stuff out there. And uh, it's good to be back here in the city post-Montreal talking on some new albums that are dropping. We got a full panel tonight. We got Marito Lopez, Poppy Chulo, a.k.a. The Six God. What is it now, Marito? Every time we talk to you on here, you got like 10 different names. <laughs> you know, you're in Vancouver, so it probably has grown. The list has grown. It's a.k.a. Little Poppy, a.k.a. Avocado Smasher, a.k.a. Yoko Poker. <laughs> Yeah, avocado smasher is okay. That's I. That's a new one. I didn't hear that yet. I love that, Marino. Avocado smasher. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of Montreal, we got Joey Elias out in Montreal joining us, also with the new album on the Cottage Comedy label. How are you doing, man? I'm great. Thanks for inviting me. I love. By the way, you have uh, no offense to anyone else on the panel. You by far have the most radio voice out of. Oh, thanks. I, I've been done radio. Hosting this, yeah. I've done radio. Uh, I've actually been doing radio over the summer on uh, TSN uh, Montreal. Some voice so, work. Uh, yeah, here and there. So it's been a lot of fun. I understand what you guys uh, go through with uh, not being in studio and such, and you know, it's it, it's great. The, the it's, fact that we can all just work from home is just wonderful. It is. It, let's do. We're going to be doing doing that forever on this show, apparently. But you do, you have a very rich. Jeffrey Tambor-esque cadence, sir. Oh. I I would call it a timber. Hey, Joey. Yeah. Are the uh, are the Habs going to trade Carey Price since you're working at TSN Radio? Uh, no, that contract is uh is never going to go anywhere. So you're just going to die on the bench? Yeah, pretty much, or in like a bagel shop. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sports talk on Inside Jokes. Back to you, Dean. There we go. And last but certainly not least, we've kind of been trying to get this guy on the panel for a few weeks now, but. He's a busy lad. Glad to finally have him. And also it all ties in nicely with the Cottage Comedy label. John Mostyn is finally with us on the air. Um, Hello. By the way, I love, I love your album title that we can't even say on Canadian radio. <laughs> Scottish C word is what yes. people can figure it out. Done. There we go. Like it makes, it makes, I love how it makes Canadian people really uncomfortable, especially when I'm being introduced on stage with it's it's the most fun. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing though, because in Scotland it's such a casual word, like it's just bandied about, no problem. But in Canada, it's just like ah, oh no, that's like a that's a red button yeah. word right there, my friend. Well, when I say in Scotland, it's fine, but when I, even when a Canadian person says it, I'm like oh no 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 no. Yeah, just for me. It, just it's for like me. a blunt force <laughs> instrument at that point. It really has yeah. a different. It it hits different that word on this side of the yeah. pond. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped. Good to see you, Dean. It's been so long, many years. It's been a while. It's been one COVID and like 40 pounds and a beer to go, for sure. It was at least that <laughs> long ago. All, all for me, by the way. You look the same. Everybody else looks the same. Uh, I'll go around, I guess, since we are talking. We just kind of wrapped up Montreal. We wrapped up the fest. We're back here in Toronto. You know, Montreal is all about the industry and the schmoozing and all that stuff. Elevator pitches, all that kind of stuff. In its, if we could sum up a little bit about what these new albums are, because I mean, some of you have been on the show. We know your comedy. Our audience knows your comedy. What are what an album is always sort of a snapshot of specifically where you are as a comic in that time and what stuff you're sort of taking to the stage and taking in from the world around you. So I guess, Moss, I'll kick it off with you first. What's what's sort of this? What's this album all about? And what how, how much sort of 
honing over the years went into this specific material in this album? Because once you do an album, I feel like it's locked in. You've you've done it a million times on club stages and in rooms working it out. After a point, it's kind of like you put it out there and it's out there forever. And you kind of just want to move on to new stuff after that, I would imagine. Mm. Yeah, well, this is my debut album. So this is the first, this is kind of a collection of all my materials. And basically I started doing comedy in like 2014, 15 in, in Canada. Um, and it's, the, the album is mostly about, you know, me being like a sort of Scottish guy living in Canada, all the sort of like fish out of water stuff that goes with it. People, you know, not understanding me, making fun of my accents, trouble with dating, all that kind of gear. Uh, and then sl- some parts of the album about like I start talking about uh, sobriety a little bit because I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, once I started doing comedy, I got sober. So I'm like, uh, so I started talking about that a little bit, but I hadn't really found my voice with that kind of stuff yet. So I was happy to put this sort of like the new person in Canada sort of material out. And now I'm, I'm like, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. So I, I love this album and I'm, I'm like, but I'm excited about the sort of uh, next chapter of my voice, you know, where I sort of start talking less about, you know, me as a person in Canada and me just personally, you know? Yeah. It's sort of like you get that material out where you're like, this is your new experience of living here and how you're perceived by Canadians, all of that. Then by the time yeah. album two comes out, you're like, I'm just a comic that you guys already know that lives here. Well, with a- and that's and that's the thing, Dean. I've, I've been here 12 years now. I can't be yeah. like, oh, what's the deal with Canadian people? I'm like, I'm, like yeah. I'm more Canadian now than I am Scottish. I couldn't tell you anything about Scotland anymore. So I'm excited for the next chapter. But this album's great. So uh, And especially if you're like a, an immigrant or someone who has immigrant parents or Scottish parents, you'll love this album. Perfect. Beautiful. We'll pivot over to Marito. I mean, Marito, you've always been spinning different plates as a comic. You've always had sort of different outlets. I mean, you were putting out hip hop albums with Running at the Mouth. You've had a couple of different podcasts over the years. You've always had these sort of side hustles that tied in with your comedy, but were sort of their own offshoot thing. How much of how much of this album is just for you personally, where you are in your stand up right now? Oh, man. Uh, I honestly, who I am now is not on this album at all (laughs) because it's, it's all the, it's all the stuff that I started with. You know what I mean? So this is like, this album's why I'm so proud of it. It's 13 years in the making. You know what I'm saying? Like I started in 2009. I've lived in, uh, Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver. I've traveled the whole country and, uh, 13 years, man, it's, and I finally was able to make an album that's pretty good. You know what I mean? And, and the- um, it, it was it was a it was a guy who was mostly doing comedy from his mind. Like he was learning all the tricks, all the things he learned from the OGs, like Dave Mahesh, um, Rob Pugh. Like that's that's who that out al- who I am on that album. Beautiful Poppy. You know what I mean? Beautiful Poppy. Oh. I love I love that t- title. By the way, uh, we, yeah. we do have some good album titles here. Uh, We're going to come back with more of our panel after the break right here on Inside Jokes. We're going to talk to Joey and find out what this album's all about. We'll be right back with more Inside Jokes, baby. Uh, This is Dave Merhez. You can catch my special on Crave called I Love You Happy Baby, July 29th. And you are listening to Inside Jokes. Makes me feel like so Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto and, of course, coast to coast. 
on the Global News Network, brought to you as always by Hakeem Moptkal, helping you spot hecklers in the crowd since 1967. We are talking cottage comedy. We are talking three new albums that are dropping on this label. Joey, I wanted to hit you because we we know you as a Montrealer. We know you as a Montreal comic. Of course, you are a working Canadian comic, though, which means you will literally go everywhere all the time. But Montreal is your town. That's where you're based. You're a stand-up. You do voice work. You're an actor. But your album, though, that night in Toronto, is this a, is this sort of a love letter to this city for you? Or is it just about where you made it? How much how much of this city is actually poured into that album for you as a Montreal comic? Well, it was recorded at Absolute in Toronto. Um, the name came just because it's a, a title of a hip song. Yeah. You know, a lyric from a hip song. I'm a Love huge Kate, hip yeah. fan, you know, yeah. and I just figured it fit, uh, you know, and it was it was an interesting album because, you know, it was during COVID and I'm very interactive with the crowd. And all of a sudden I found myself behind plexiglass. Yeah. So that was a bizarre part of the recording was. And, and thankfully, again, the guys at uh, Cottage, you know, comedy, they, they did a phenomenal job in making it sound like I wasn't behind plexiglass, you know, and the crowd was also, I mean, the crowd, thankfully, on the recording night was great. You know, um, I didn't, it was just so much fun. Every time, this is my third or fourth album now, I don't even remember, but it just, it, it gets better and better as you get older. So, you know, Marito and John like you have so much to look forward to you know like just keep putting them out there and this one's a coming of age story for me it's just, it's just a, as I was about to turn 50 and um, it's just about realizing that you know yeah I'm, I'm 50 on paper but mentally I'm not even close. <laughs> well play, plays into comedy I guess is there a lot of comics I mean especially when you when you do your first album, you sort of tend to gravitate towards whatever your home club is or whatever your favorite preferred stage is that you're the most comfortable on to go and work material. For you, Joey, at this point, is there a stage that's still sort of your home club that that's like your favorite spot to go work things out? If you're going to tape something, that's where you go. What's what's sort of the home stage for you at this point? Comedy Nest in Montreal. It's where I started uh, over 30 years ago. It's still where I go now. It's just, it's home away from home. You know, it's yeah. the stage, like you said, it's the stage where I started. It's the stage where I still try out stuff and it's where I go hang out. You know, it's uh, the green room is where all the misfits go to fit in. So that's where you can find me a lot. I think too, I mean, a lot of comics, you know, used to talk about how, oh, you have to, especially in Canada, you have to pound the pavement for 20 years before you even think about an album. You got to go out there and be a road dog. I think it, and it's obviously it's different for every, for every comic. It's sort of, I guess, a double-edged sword in a way, because it is so easy to now just put out your own material. It's so easy to just release things digitally. I mean, you could be doing open mics for six months and put out an album and whatever happens with it. But we're also seeing the flip side of this, which is we are seeing independent labels like Cottage Comedy come up and really sort of in the last few years take over the industry. I mean, the bulk of the comedy albums and I mean, top tier comedy albums that are getting noticed and listened to in this country are coming from these indie labels. They're coming from the Cottage Comedies. They're coming from Comedy Records. They're coming from 604. So it really has kind of changed the game in a lot of ways and made it more about the comics. It kind of gives you more control of your own careers in a lot of ways, a lot of these platforms. It's a wonderful thing, like all these labels that are coming out and especially the ones that are just promoting Canadian talent. That's the key. You know, there were so many in the past, you know, that would 
you know, producers would come and it was, it, it was more difficult back in the day, right? You, you had to press the actual CD or the vinyl or the cassette yeah. even. Um, so yeah, now it is very easy, but you know, it's legit when a record label takes a chance on you. You know, that's the other thing is that if an independent producer comes up to you, you know, uh, and says, Hey, do you want to work with us? There's a belief on both sides. You know, there's a trust. And I think that is, uh, that's the boost of confidence that a lot of comics need is to have that label or producer or someone that says, yeah, you're good enough to do this. So let's do it. And it is kind of funny. I mean, obviously the last two years aside, but just in general, what's happened the last few years in Canadian comedy. If you do look at what was on all the Juno noms this past year and Juno's are a thing that people are paying attention to again, because now comedy is included again. But if you look at the Juno noms, if you look at the stuff that's airing on CBC Jam and airing on the networks, it is really all stuff that comics were building themselves. And, and it's all sort of driven by the artists. It's almost been this shift where the industry has turned around and went, oh, okay, we should actually pay attention to what's going on here. And that's like the bulk of what we're seeing in Canadian media right now. It really has sort of, it's like the old the lunatics took, took over the asylum. I mean, Marito, how much has all these platforms changed things for you? Because as you were saying, I mean, you put out this album after 13 years in comedy. Even before we all met you in Toronto, you were already four or five years into being a working club comic out West. You already had been hitting the grind out there. Now you put out this album. Do you think it feels so much more possible now as a comic to just be sort of self-driven? You don't necessarily have to sort of run through the gatekeepers anymore. Yeah, I, I feel like for the most part, it's like uh, you're on your own. You know what I mean? Like you can go out there. You, like you were saying, you can put your material out. But, you know, I waited, though. Uh, I, I, I waited uh, until like I, I thought I was ready. And like I was at a place where I can develop more material later. You know, so like uh, just being able to like go through all these cities, like all the cities I lived in, like just has made me way better, I think. For you, Mostyn, I mean, you talk about how a lot of this album is, you know, your experience when you first came to Canada and starting out as a comic here and stuff. Canadian comics, it's funny, always used Canada as just a launch pad. You would kind of try and get, I mean, Joey, you've always carved out a career here at home, but you know how it goes. So many Canadian comics, you would you would come to Toronto or come to Montreal or go to Vancouver and it would basically be, I want to get JFL, I want to get the handful of festivals, and then I want to get my industry letters and my visa and go. For you, John, I mean, was Canada always sort of the destination, or did you originally see it as like, well, I'll go there, and then I can go stateside? Or was comedy even in your mind when you first came here? No, so I, when I came here, I, you know, before I came here, I was just start, I was watching a lot of comedy in Scotland, and kind of just before I moved to Canada, I was kind of like, I wouldn't mind doing this, but there was no like, real good infrastructure the same the way there is in North America and Scotland like I didn't come from a I didn't know anyone who's a comic or even knew how to do comedy sort of thing so when I came here I started going to watch comedy I started going like and the more I started watching it I was like yeah I want to do this and because there's like so many great opportunities like you know like the you know absolute the oh, sorry uh, second city do like four C's Humber I went to Humber the college uh, for yeah. comedy and writing and stuff and Actually, through that, I met Tyler Morrison, who saw me at the showcase, and he put me on the festival, and he's kind of, like, been helping me out through my career, mentoring me a little bit, and then obviously putting out this, uh, this album for me. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Canada or co uh, Canadian comedy. I was just, like, come here, hang out. But now that I see it, and now you're going back to your question about, you know, nowadays with 
like TikTok, Instagram. Like it used to be about you need JFL or one of the sort of like someone in the industry to like take you by the hand and like make your career or you'd have to go to New York or LA. But yeah. like now we're seeing that you can actually just, you know, do your own thing from wherever. Like it's good to be in LA or New York, but also like you can be in Toronto and you can build a following, you know? And Toronto's such a great ground for comedy. It's it's some of the best comics in the world here, I feel. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, geography matters a whole hell of a lot less now and everything sort of is all about a global audience now in a way. It's sort of, you know, Canadian comedy was always so regional and it was always about putting in the kilometers and everything was so spread so far apart. But now it really does feel like you can live in Montreal or Toronto or Vancouver or Halifax or wherever and and you're still putting stuff out there for a global audience. It kind of feels like it shrunk things in a lot of ways. I mean, Joey, for you, did you always foresee yourself staying in Canada and making a go of it here? Or was did you have that plan at some point of, no, it's got to be New York or L.A.? Do you think that stuff really matters so much anymore? Um, I mean, I had the plan. I, I worked in the UK for about a year and I loved it. Um, and I always said, I, I always threatened I was going to go back. And I don't know why, but I was always of the ilk of uh, stay in Canada. You know, I, I take the Rick Mercer route. Yeah. Where, you know, yeah, it's a bit rougher. It's a little bit tougher. But I think that if you get through those early years and you can make it, it's fantastic. And, and, you know, like, I'm so excited. I, unfortunately I've never met, uh, Marito or John actually until this morning, but now I'm excited to go out and see these guys in Toronto or Vancouver or wherever. But, um, the thing about the zoom shows that came out of, you know, just to add to what John was saying is the zoom shows that we all discovered as much as we dislike them, uh doing them. <laughs> yeah uh, I, I didn't enjoy them i can tell you that there was something very odd about sitting in your living room doing jokes i mean the, the radio definitely the radio training that i had helped a little bit in the yeah sense for that sure you put it out there and you don't get the response right away and you're like okay it's like radio you know it, that's what it was but i think that um like you guys said it's just so global now because you don't have to go anywhere and and John brought it up perfectly with the, uh, the internet, like TikTok. Now there was a whole article just the other day. And in, um, in one of the like Hollywood buzz or something about how comedy is changing in 2022 because of TikTok. It is. Yeah. And it's a fascinating article. Like I'm, I'm not really on the, uh, I'm, I'm a 50 year old man. Why am I on social media? You know, it sounds like a pervert. It sounds like I'm trolling people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I shouldn't really be on this other than look at my, nephew's pictures that my sister and brother post up but um if you're listen back in the day you had to be savvy you know in terms of how to market yourself this is before you know internet and social media and now um i tell the young guys if you want to be successful in this take one class in social media marketing yeah and i think that would be beneficial to any young comic starting out well, and it is interesting, too, because I think at the onset, you know, when 2020 hit, we all kind of looked at some of these platforms and went, well, whatever, these are just sort of a placebo until whenever this thing blows over. But not really. It really has augmented things. I mean, it's another tool in the kit in a way, but it's also a whole a whole new audience. And I mean, obviously, as standups, you guys all know, nothing, nothing replaces the thing itself. Being in that room, feeding off the crowd, that live energy, that is the form. That is where it belongs. It belongs in those stages and in those settings. 
but it really has changed the face of things. And I mean, that, that happened before 2020. I mean, uh, you know, you look back at JFL 42 here in Toronto, I think it was 2014. You looked at some of the headliner shows and they were YouTubers. There was like Miranda sings and a couple of, and we're all kind of going, what the hell is this? What's going on? Where are they putting you? Cause that's a whole audience there. I mean, say what you, I mean, obviously there was a lot of business mindedness going into that. Cause they were going, well, yeah, they have, you know, 4 million followers or whatever it was at the time. But that's kind of the way things went. It never really changed from there. And it's sort of, it's just another tool in the arsenal, really, for comics now. That's all it really is. Uh, I'm going to go around before we wrap up, actually, because we could go all day. I want to make sure we get where we can find your albums, obviously, on Cottage Comedy, but what platforms and where we can find you guys online, what you have coming up. Uh, Marito Lopez, the avocado smasher. That's my, that's my You got to get merch with that on it, bro. You have so many names. Like, you, need some, you need a line of merch at this point. I'm actually shocked that you. I have some. Don't have that going. You had, you have some. Yeah, I have some. They're, they're beautiful poppy shirts. Oh, beautiful! All right, so beautiful poppy, Marito Lopez. Where can we find this album? Where can we follow you online? All that good stuff. So you can get it on Bandcamp. Uh, it's on uh, Apple Music, uh, Tidal. Uh, you you can also uh, follow me on Instagram at No Champagne Poppy, which is the best Instagram handle to this day. It and is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> also, Strictly Beloved Podcast. Beautiful. All right, Joey, where can we find this album and all your stuff online, sir? Uh, again, same thing. Uh, Bandcamp and uh, all the streaming sites. And uh, I'm at Everyday Joe MTL on Twitter. And the link is right there in my pinned tweet. And on my schedule is up there, joeyelias.com also. And that's about it. Beautiful. And John Mostyn, where can we find Scottish Seaword online? Both you and the album. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm same as same as Joey, same as Burrito, same places. Um, my Instagram, TikTok, etc. It's all under at Mostyn Comedy. I produce a few shows at Comedy Bar twice a month. So I'm around. Just if you follow me on social media, You'll see where I'm at because I usually post my tour dates up there as well. Beautiful. All right, Joey Elias, John Mostyn, Marito Lopez. Thank you all so much. And of course, shout out to our friends, Tyler Morrison and company over at Cottage Comedy Records for pumping it, pumping these out and and making this such a part of where Canadian comedy is at right now because it's definitely changed the face of things. We will be back with more Inside Jokes and we're switching over to Solo Showtime right here after the break. Hey, this is Laura Ramoso, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, right here on 640 Toronto, brought to you as always by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Thank you again to our friends over at Cottage Comedy, John Mostyn, Marito Lopez, Joey Elias. Check out all their new albums, but now we are pivoting over back to Toronto with an all new solo show hitting the stage here in the city. We have Laura Mozo on the line with us. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? We are great. And you are literally coming to us from the green room at Toronto's famous comedy bar. That's what we <laughs> spotted right away. That's correct. I sleep here now. <laughs> that's kind of, that's what it takes when you're putting together a solo show like this. You basically really have does. to live in it at all times. Uh, and we do also have your director, Alistair Forbes, joining us from a cabin somewhere in <laughs> British Columbia, apparently. Yeah, Gambier Island. I, I figured it's the best way to direct uh, Laura in her solo show is from 5,000 kilometers away. 
that is the way the industry that's the way things changed the last two years anyways i feel like you could probably do that well we are seeing if that is in fact true because uh, we <laughs> definitely are doing it so well it is a, it is kind of funny actually because i mean early on in the we, we just call it the pandy now we try and make it sound fun uh, mm -hmm. but early early on during the thing that just happened for almost three years uh we were talking to the main cast of second city and they kind of they actually did do that they were like we did a lot of the cast members didn't even come face to face with each other until opening night where they're all of a sudden backstage it's like we've been writing this stuff and rehearsing it over zoom for a year and a half and now we have to say hi to each other and then five minutes later do it live in front of an audience for the first time and just see how that goes <laughs> Oh, man. And what a wild experience. Certainly, uh, Laura and I can attest to like in the last few months getting back in front of a crowd who is like hungry for comedy. And then all the improvisers are just like, you know, squeezing the stick a little bit hard because we're all like, oh, people, laughter, come on. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. I mean, in the, obviously, in the improv world, it's like you, that's that 1000 percent. That's what you feed off of. You need that call and response. That's the entire form. I mean, you know, obviously, everybody, even stand ups, you need that live crowd. It's not it's not the same as doing things online or any of that you need to be in feeding off that energy but sketch and improv it's like oh boy do you really need to be in that room in that moment and feed off of what happens organically as it comes totally so laura i want to get a little bit of what this show is all about the so your solo show that you're doing on stage here in toronto is called francis so we were talking a little bit earlier in the show about jfl montreal which of course just wrapped up and a huge part of that festival is always about the industry things where you're doing schmoozing and elevator pitches, as they say, and all that stuff. So a little byline for us. What's a little bit about what this solo show is all about and sort of how much of, of a new thing this specific material is for you? Um, so the show uh, follows our main character, Frances, um, on her journey to meet her ex-boyfriend who has called her uh, to talk. Um, and through that journey, we'll uh, encounter a variety of other characters and also uh, scenarios. Um, and as far as that second question you asked, do you mind clarifying a little bit what you mean by, um, like, whether the material is new or or the concept or? Yeah, all of it. I mean, how long was this sort of in in the in the works for you? Because I know you come from a, a multiple different backgrounds i mean you come from sketch you come from improv you come from acting you come from mime even so how much of this project like how long was this sort of in the works for and how long were you sort of honing and writing this thing and is it is it something you've been working on for a while yeah so um i decided i was going to do another show um during the middle of the pandy <laughs> Um, and uh, that was about a year and a half ago. And I keep an ongoing list of bits, observations, jokes on my phone or in various notebooks. And um, I started to just build the, the ideas that came to me uh, and the ones that felt good, I, I made more note of. And then when I actually decided to do this, that was probably um, uh, about six months ago, I thought, yes, I can do this seriously. And how, how personal does, is this material that goes into this? Because, I mean, when you do a solo show like this, there is really that connection with the audience where it really is. I feel like in stand-up or in your when you're in a sketch troupe, you can sort of not hide behind the material, but you sort of step into a different character or a different version of yourself, um, even if it is really personal material. With a solo show like this, though, it's really it's just you and them. There is something that feels very intimate about this. 
That's right. It's incredibly um, vulnerable. I don't know why I'm doing it, but um, <laughs> I no, I'm kidding. So my comedy uh, generally is very um, uh, observational and comes from real life experiences, people that I meet or scenarios I witness. Um, and so uh, the characters in the show and the material in the show are deeply personal and, and completely my point of view. And um, you won't necessarily get to see me as Laura directly speaking to the audience as if it, if, as if this were a stand-up bit, but I speak to them through characters. Yeah. Um, so they'll be able to see, you know, my, my thoughts on, on a certain topic or something through, through a character. Mm -hmm. And did you find, I mean, a, a lot of the people we talked to in comedy said that, you know, the last couple of years kind of, changed the way they wrote and what they focused on because you aren't necessarily doing writing material about normal everyday life the last couple of years about you know dating and going out and doing things and all that but one thing that happened to a lot of people in comedy was all of a sudden they were in a situation where now they're spending way more time around their families they're spending more time around their friends and whoever their sort of little sphere their little bubble was and it changed the way they wrote because they sort of reevaluated their own offstage life in a way that they hadn't before because as you know when you're in comedy you're always in the writing mind you're always in the next show the next rehearsal the next audition the next gig and it sort of made a lot of people in comedy step back and go oh there's a lot of things in my offstage life that i was kind of not even paying attention to and it sort of flavored their comedy moving forward now was did some of that go into this show for you as well oh yeah i mean i think um having covid happen and then theaters going dark forced everybody to live in in the in in the real world a little bit or at least me um i wasn't so much obviously wasn't performing so i spent a lot of time around my parents or the or at the store or on the street or those are the three things we did during the covid um <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of realized, um, that the, the more time I spend outside of a, a comedy space or a theater, the more material I, I, I gather, the more creative I feel. And so it actually was a bit surprising. Um, I used to hate, um, I used to always think that having a day job was a bad thing, but in reality, it just really informs all my material um because it, as comedians we sort of put a mirror up to society and say this is what yeah. you do um and so you kind of have to live in it in order to be able to truthfully write about it and that's such a catch-22 for people in comedy i think when comic especially early on we sort of glamorize the whole grind and the hustle and all that and it's like but exactly how you can't generate material and you can't write about life if you actually aren't living it off stage if it's just going you know from mic to mic uh we're gonna come back with more alistair and laura and find out more about this new show francis hitting the stage right here in toronto we'll be right back on inside jokes hey this is alistair forbes and you're listening to inside jokes Welcome back to Inside Jokes. We have Laura Ramoza with the new solo show, Francis, hitting the stage here in Toronto. And of course, director Alistair Forbes. By the way, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I feel like there has been this change in, in Canadian comedy the last few years, and especially in scenes like here in Toronto. There was always sort of this separation between stand-up, sketch, 
improv where it was like you're either you're part of this community or this community or this community there was no overlap especially stand-ups i feel like stand-ups were always the ones that were the most precious about that they were the most purist like no stand-up is the only thing not improv and the last two years aside obviously that changed things entirely but i i think over the last few years in toronto generally and especially with the advent of stages like comedy bar which i mean after 10 years now has become such a linchpin of the scene i mean that's the heart of comedy in Toronto at this point, and now there's two of them. But do you think that that has become really more of a community where there is more overlap and there's more sort of cross pollination, and comics are trying different pursuits, and you know, standups are finally realizing how good sketch is for you, and go try an improv class and work together and and try these different forms. Do you think it has become more of a community in that way? What do you think, Alistair? Can... Oh yeah, great, great. Uh, <laughs> um, I, you know what? Honestly, I can say. Certainly. I think there's been way more overlap between people doing sketch and improv and stand up and, and then marrying those two worlds together. But I, I like I also think so much of the divide has come from like improv. Certainly improvisers backstage are so like, well, we're going to say yes and to everything uh, our, our partners say. And then backstage stand up very, very much feels like like we're ripping on each other backstage. <laughs> so like, yeah. as soon as those those like jokes come out ripping on each other, all the improvisers are like, I can't I can't do this. We have to be nice to each other on stage. <laughs> and it feels like that's partly what the divide comes from but I, I think as you say like people are starting to discover the opportunity like there's way more stage jam if you can do all three even though there has traditionally been a divide and we're seeing more people jump into all three arenas which is real fun i'm also excited to see now i mean coming out of all the things that we've just sort of come out of what what does happen on stage in sketch and improv shows because i mean laura as you were mentioning earlier i mean comedy is always just that's that's what you do as as comedians and as writers is you are holding up a mirror to what's going on currently in the world and society and you know second city was always sort of notorious for that that was always sort of our way to like recap the past year and and reflect on what's gone on politically and culturally and socially oh boy, do we ever live in such a loaded time right now? I mean, there's just been so many mind-blowing world events overlapping and so much social change and so much political turmoil and so much cultural upheaval. I mean, it's just such a strange and chaotic time to, to be alive, really. In comedy lore, I mean, how much do you think sketch and improv is going to be a great tool for sort of reflecting on this stuff and satirizing it but also how much do you think after the last couple of years we also kind of need to go watch a show like yours and be in a theater and just forget about things for an hour or 90 minutes at the same time you know i think the the best kind of comedy does does both um, it, throughout history, through the most difficult moments in, in global history, um, comedy has always been uh, a source of comfort and a source of escape for people to be able to deal with the tragedies of life, big or small. And so I think this time, yes, because we're living in it, it feels absolutely insane. Um, but, but I think this has always been the case. There's always been... Um, uh, you know, difficult things happening. Um, and I think a good comedy does both. A good comedy uh, 
uh, talks about it, addresses it, uh, but also provides an escape. Um, because at the end of the day, people go to the theater to feel good. Uh, otherwise, they would just stay home and watch the news. <laughs> That's right. Well, and we've mm-hmm. all been like trapped on social media and news and watching. And it is honestly, I mean, in stand up, in sketch, in improv, in all of these things that we're seeing come out now, some new specials and people releasing new albums and new live shows happening. It's so good to see comedians and writers back on stage again. Also, just talking about normal life and talking about relationships and dating and life in the city and you know family politics and all these things and just talking about actual life again and making us laugh at stuff that we can relate to uh in a way that we kind of haven't been able to do in a while oh man i i have to say that um i've got two favorite things about directing laura in this wonderful solo show is her superpower is not is not kind of the macro political stuff that we're talking about i mean she can do that very well but it is really um diving into the micro laura's ability to like see people in a really unique way that that and then present them as characters that were all immediately like oh i know that person so well is so much fun and so great and i think coming out of the pandemic it's so nice to be working on a show where she's like so constantly like it's like oh right this is humanity this is life again and this is what it feels like and my second favorite thing about directing Laura is coming in every day, and because I'm older her than her, uh, her telling me why my clothes should no longer be worn. Uh, <laughs> they're not, they're not okay anymore. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, and it, oh boy, does it ever feel like perfect timing for a show just like this? I mean, this is exactly the stuff we need right now. Laura and Alistair, thank you so much. But of course, before we do let you go. Um, where can we where can we find this show? Where is it playing here in Toronto? Where can we get tickets? All of that good stuff. And of course, follow you online. It is playing August 11th to 13th, 8 p.m. nightly with a 10 p.m. added show on the 12th. And you can find tickets at lauraramoso.com slash tour or on my Instagram at LAU underscore Ramoso. Perfect. All right. The new show, Francis, here in Toronto, catch it this August. Alistair and Laura, thank you both so much. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Thank you again to Joey Elias, John Mostyn, and Marito Lopez. Check out their new albums on Cottage Comedy. And of course, Laura Ramoso with the new solo show, Francis, hitting the stage here in Toronto this August. That is our show. Don't forget, you can listen to all of our episodes right back to the beginning on Global News Online. We'll be back next week. This week's Comedy Rx is Joey Elias. I was at a Fred's cottage not too long ago, and they, they taught me something called inner tubing. I don't know if you know this or have heard of this. They take a tire, and they inflate it, and then they tie the tire to a boat, and then they put you in the tire, and then the boat, uh, off. <laughs> and apparently this is fun. The question is, for whom, really? Because what my friends forgot to mention to me is the heavier the object that they place in this tire, the faster it skims along the lake, thereby creating bigger waves that then act as a ramp to propel your ass even higher out of the water, and you slap down nice and easy. I have never seen tidal waves in Northern Ontario before, but I am responsible for the flooding of three villages.